thank you for supporting the media outreach of New Covenant Christian Ministries. Through the powerful preaching and teaching of Pastor Bill and Dr. Deanne Johnson, family relations are being restored. The wayward are returning to God. And together, we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ. Join us now for a message that will strengthen you in your faith and encourage you to be all that God has designed you to be. Today, we kind of want to continue talking about the power of the Holy Spirit as it works in the life of the believer. So we're going to use this title, Activating Spiritual Gifts. Look at somebody and say, Activating Spiritual Gifts. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're going to read from verses 1 through 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 1 through 11. I typed my notes in New King James because I know that's what our pastors typically use. I'm going to tell you that I'm a King James girl, so if my language switches to these and thous and thuses, understand that I was trained under the king, and so the new king is new to me. <laughs> but, but I like it. I love that translation. I also use other different translations because when you're studying the word, you have to get a good understanding of it. So sometimes, I, you know, you get lost in the thus and thee and thou, and so you have to go to a different translation, then you have to go to a commentary to make sure you got the full understanding of it. So we're going to read from the New King James, everybody at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1. Now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. You know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed. So we can stop there. If you're a Christian, you should never say that Jesus was cursed. We can't call him that. He was a promise, a plan, fulfillment of prophecy. He was not a curse. And no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. To one is given the word of wisdom. Somebody say word of wisdom. It comes through the same Spirit. To another, the word of knowledge. Somebody say word of knowledge. Through the same Spirit. To another, faith. Come on, say faith. By the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing. Say it, gifts of healings. By the same Spirit. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. So I have to say I agree with Paul. We should not be ignorant when it comes to to spiritual gifts. That word ignorant there means lacking knowledge, lacking awareness, uneducated, and unsophisticated. See, we like to coin phrases like, oh, ignorance is bliss. No, being uneducated, unsophisticated, lacking knowledge, and lacking awareness is not bliss. (laughs) 
All right. Especially when it comes to spiritual gifts. So we don't want to be in that. We don't want to be in that vein. We should not be ignorant. So if we don't want to be ignorant, the first thing we got to do is find out what's the spiritual gift. Right. That makes sense. So what's a spiritual gift? Let's start with a definition. The MacArthur Study Bible defines spiritual gifts as divine or supernatural enablements for ministry that the Holy Spirit gives in some measure to all believers and that are to be completely under his control and used for the building up of the church to Christ's glory. It's a supernatural enablement given by the Holy Spirit to who? To all believers. And that's where we get hung up sometimes because we think that spiritual gifts are for the few and not the many. But that's not even what the word says. The word says in verse uh, number seven, I believe it was. Let me come over here to my Bible because I got it all mapped out. The manifestation of the spirit is given to every man. That's everybody. So we have to stay in that vein and understand that God gave us his Holy Spirit and he expects these gifts to operate, these different things that we called out. He expects those spiritual gifts to be made manifest in our lives on a daily basis. But in recent years, it seems like the church has kind of shied away from those supernatural expressions. We've gotten uh, sophisticated. We don't act like that in our church. We want to have a nice little quiet church service. We come in, we get in, we get out. We do what I do. Okay, service is supposed to start at 10. It's supposed to end at 11.30. I gave them an hour and a half. Come on, let's go. I don't have time for all of this. Y'all trying to prophesy and give a word of wisdom and a word of knowledge. I don't have time because I'm busy. But I'm supposed to be the church. So we see that the world, while the church is kind of shied away from supernatural, the world is kind of running to it. Look at the shows on TV, Long Island Medium. If you old as I am, you remember Miss Cleo, call me now to get your prophetic word. Oh, well, you know, I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to read you. We got tarot card readers and palm readers and all this, that, and the third, and then Let's go to the movies. How is Harry Potter the biggest thing? How are the Harry Potter movies and all of that? They're so big because the world, creation is groaning because they know that there's something more. They know that there's something out there. And because we haven't produced what's genuine, they're going after what's counterfeit. We got superheroes. We got all kinds of supernatural stuff. Blair Witch Project, uh, this, that, and the third. Everybody got a reality show, paranormal experiences, this, that, and the other. Why? Because we, the church, have not manifested the gifts. So everybody is groping around trying to find something. And if I can't find what's real, I'll take. If I can't get no real crabs, I'm from the Mississippi Gulf Coast. If I can't get no real crabs, I'll get some genuine imitation crab meat. <laughs> and that's what's been served to the people. And the people are getting fat on it, thinking that they got the real deal. But what they have is something that's artificial, something that's man-made. But we have the gift on the inside of us. And it's our responsibility as Christians to let those gifts be be expressed throughout our lives. So there's a manifestation. We've been ignorant of the gifts. We've kept the Holy Spirit under wraps. And we haven't revealed the true power 
that all creation is searching for. We're guilty, but we're going to be better today. Amen? Amen. How we fix it? That's the question that I ask. You know, whenever I read the Bible, you know, you have to ask questions of the text. Okay, you said here that the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit with all. I haven't seen it manifesting in my life, so how do I get there? How do I fix it? How do I get to the point where the Holy Spirit is active in my life? How do I tap into the power that's already in me? How do I activate the gift? Number one, we got to believe. We have to believe. It's, a, it's amazing to me how uh, we as Christians lack faith. We lack faith in the very things that we say we believe in. We read through the Old Testament. You can start reading and reading and reading, and you see God time after time after time. Miracle, sign, wonder, miracle, sign, wonder. Do you understand that the parting of the Red Sea was a miracle? We see that. Do you know that when Elisha laid on the Shunammite woman's son who was dead and all he did was lay it on him and then the boy was raised to life? Do you understand that that was a miracle and it was a healing all at the same time? Do you understand that when the prophets began to speak out and proclaim what was going to happen, that that was, that was the power of the spirit that came upon them so that they could tell what God had said? God is still the God of miracles. He's still the God of signs. He's still the God of wonders. Why don't we believe it? How can we be effective in our walk? We can't even have an effective witness if we don't believe the whole book. <laughs> we read in the study of the Old Testament, we see that the Holy Spirit came upon certain individuals, and he enabled them to flow in gifts. And like I said already, it was mainly miracles and prophecies. But even through prophecy, God revealed a great outpouring of his spirit that he would no longer limit his supernatural power to just a few. Look at Joel 2 in verse 28. Still a new king. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall see dreams, shall dream dreams rather. Your young men shall see visions. Those are various manifestations of prophecy. Joel, the Holy Spirit, came upon him and he said, this is what's going to happen. God is not going to just wait for the Holy Spirit to come up on you. He's going to put his Holy Spirit in you. That way you have access. Every person who believes will have access to the same power that Elijah had when he stood on Mount Carmel. Everybody who believes will have access to the same power that raised Lazarus from the dead. Everyone who believes will have access to the same power that raised Jesus from the dead and kept him up. See, because Lazarus rose, but then he died again. But when Jesus rose, it was finished. He didn't have to die again. That same power. We have to believe. We have to get to the point where we turn up our faith meter. We have to turn that up. The spiritual gifts, the supernatural enablements, those supernatural works are no longer limited to the few, but they're for the many. We don't have to wait on it. In Mark 16, chapter, uh, verses 17 through 20, Jesus himself said, these signs will follow those who believe. 
in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink anything deadly, it will by no means harm them. They will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. That's what Jesus said. So if I don't believe in the supernatural manifestation of the gifts in my life, then I negate what Jesus said. I'm calling Jesus a lie. Mighty quiet in this Christian church this morning. So in that passage in Mark, we see discerning of spirits because you can't cast out a demon if you don't first recognize that it's a spirit. A demonic spirit. In the passage, we also see in Mark, we see uh, the tongues. It said they will speak with new tongues. And we also see healings because it said they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It says these signs will follow those who believe. Do you believe today? All right. Jesus went on to say in John 14 and 12, I like this one. I wrote it in the New Living Translation, and this is my interpretation of the New Living Translation, that anyone who believes in him will do the same works that he did and even greater works. The same works and even greater works. So when's the last time you raised somebody from the dead? When's the last time you laid hands on the sick and the sick recovered? When the last time you were able to discern a spirit? Or you in the club that, oh, I don't do demons. You and I don't do demons club. Well, if you are, you need to get out of it because that's not God. Nobody tell you you had to fool around with demons and you have to get acquainted with them, but you're supposed to cast them out. You're supposed to be able to walk in and discern a spirit. You're supposed to, because the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, we're supposed to be able to walk in and examine a situation. Where are the Christians at with all these school shootings? Didn't nobody discern that? Come on, this, this practical Christianity, Amen. this every day walking around talking, this is Monday through uh, Saturday Christianity, it's not Sunday morning Christianity, you know when we get up, we get cute, and we can come and we can sit, and we know when to lift our hands, and we know when to do this, and we even know, hey, we know when to hit it, but God is calling us to somewhere greater, we can't study the Holy Spirit and then not flow with him, it's impossible, we can't do it. We gotta believe that the Holy Spirit is still at work and that He wants to work through us. Look at somebody say, He wants to work through you. And then look at the other person and tell them, He wants to work through you. Lay your hands on yourself and say, He wants to work through you. <laughs> he wants to. He's given us this enablement. And if we don't believe it, then we call Jesus a lie and we completely negate our faith. And if you don't believe God in this area, how can you possibly believe in the resurrection? How can you possibly believe in heaven? How can, how can you possibly believe in all the rest of it if you skip over this part? Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 7. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. I like that. Manifestation. What does that mean? I like definitions. It's an exhibition or expression. It's a public showing. I like that. A public showing. Don't you understand that when Jesus was crucified, he made a public spectacle of the devil? 
through his crucifixion, his death, his burial, and his resurrection, it was a public spectacle. He didn't just appear to one or two people. He didn't just appear to the 12. It wasn't just Mary and the other Mary and Salome. It wasn't just them. He appeared to over 500 people so that there would be a clear witness. He made a public spectacle. God sometimes wants to show out in public. I know we've been raised. You don't show out in public. You got to know how to act in public. But God wants to do a public showing. And I think about stuff. I remember one time I was at work. Um, This is years ago. And um, I think I was taking, I'm always the person to coordinate donations. I guess because I'm a preacher and I got the gift of of, of causing people to want to give. And I was taking up donations. And this one lady, I can't remember what it was for, but she left $1 on my desk. And I remember sitting there and I wrote a note. I knew her, but we weren't cool like that. But I remember writing in a note. I know that this was a sacrifice for you. May God add to you and bless you just like he did the widow when she gave her might. That was at work. Don't you understand that that was a word of knowledge? I had no way of knowing. She came later and she was like, oh, my God, how did you know? Her and her family were in deep financial crisis, but she wanted to give to whatever cause I was raising money for. And because I used that word of knowledge, it it blessed her. It brought her to a greater understanding of God's love for her. And that was during the week. That wasn't on Sunday. That wasn't me in here trying to make a dang for myself. Oh, you know, I got a word now. I got the word of knowledge. I got it. If you want to come see me, here's my business card. Alfie James, word of knowledge. But God wants to do a public showing. The Holy Spirit wants to publicly show his power to both the believer and the unbeliever. That's where we get tripped up sometimes. We think that we're just supposed to show the power to believers. But let's take a walk back through the New Testament. If you've read the Bible, then you'll be familiar with a lot of what I'm saying. And if you haven't read it, I encourage you to read it so you can get caught up. So when we we think about how God wants to show his power both to the believer and the unbeliever, When God put on his demonstration of power in Egypt with all of the plagues and all of that and then the parting of the Red Sea, the great deliverance of the children of Israel. Don't you think the Egyptians believed? At some point, they had to say, you know what? (laughs) Their God is God. I know we got Ra and we got some other things going on, but Ra had never done nothing like that. Because you understand for a while that the plagues hit everybody. And then God was like, no, I'm going to make a distinction. All of Egypt is going to be plagued, but it's going to be good over here in Goshen where my people are. God makes a distinction. He made a public showing so that those unbelievers would understand that he is God, when Jesus gave the disciples the power and he said, these 12, Jesus sent and he commanded them saying, and they went out and they did all these great exploits. When they were doing those exploits, they were going to unbelievers, people who did not know. And so we can't be afraid to interact with unbelievers. It's amazing how many Christians don't want to fool with unbelievers, forgetting that you yourself was once an unbeliever. Somebody had to fool with you to get you in the kingdom. And we have to be willing to do the same thing. We have to be willing to be used 
I'm getting ahead of myself. But we got to realize that the power is for, to, to manifest before the believer and the unbeliever. In the book, Activating the Gifts of the Holy Spirit, Dr. David Allen put it this way. He said, through the spiritual gifts, man is working with God and God is working with man for the express purpose of helping a third party experience a gracious deliverance. Y'all got that? So I got to work with God. God got to work with me so that you can benefit from it. Because it said for the profit of all. I need to be available. That's my second point. Be available so that God can use me. I got to be available. I got to like, you know what, God? Here I am. Come on. Let's do this thing. I'm going to work with you. I'm going to let you work through me. And then this person is going to experience you in a way that they've never experienced you before. And so sometimes we get caught up because we want to see the end of the story. But you got to be satisfied that your word of wisdom, your word of knowledge, your prophetic word or whatever it may be, your gift of tongues, the interpretation, the healing, whatever, however he manifests through you, you got to be okay if that's just watering. You got to be okay if that's just the seed being planted. We have to get over ourselves and move out of the way. So point one, believe. Point two, I said it just, I'm sorry, point two, I got ahead of myself. Point two is actually be tuned in. Be tuned in. I like this one. Because I was, at first I said in tune, and then he said, no, tune in. And I'm like, well, God, I like in tune, because you know, I'm a singer. And I used to play an instrument and stuff, you know, so I like stuff to be in tune. He said, no, I want you to tune in. I said, okay, well, what, what, what you mean? So, you know, I Definitions. Tune in means to watch or listen to a particular broadcast, to pay attention to, to become aware of, to be responsive to, and to be able to understand. Shall I go over it again? Tune in means to watch or listen to a particular broadcast, to pay attention to, to become aware of, to be responsive to, and to be able to understand. So in order to activate spiritual gifts in my life, I have to watch and listen to what the Holy Spirit broadcasts. I got to tune in, right? I got to be on his frequency. Because if he's broadcasting healing and I want to do prophecy, something's wrong. And somebody's going to miss it. It's going to be me and somebody may miss their opportunity to encounter God because I wasn't tuned in. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. So we've got to watch and listen to what the Holy Spirit broadcasts. Then it says to become aware of. That means we've got to get acquainted with him. I spend a little time with him. Because I can't be aware of somebody that I don't know anything about. Got to spend time with him. How do I spend time? In prayer, in reading of the word. Spend time with him. Get acquainted with him so you can become aware of what he does. As we get to know him, we become aware of his voice and his promptings. Because I can't follow the Holy Spirit if I don't know what his voice sounds like. Sometimes we wait and we want this big booming voice from heaven. Val, give a word of wisdom. No. It'll just be an inter inner prompting. It'll know you. All of a sudden, you'll know exactly what to say to that person. 
all of a sudden you'll know exactly what to do. If he says, just lay your hand on their shoulder, then lay your hand on the shoulder. He didn't tell you to hug a bug. He didn't tell you to ya ya shetek. No. We'll come for me with his voice and his ways. And he wants to use you and the unique giftings that he gave you. So I can't be tuned in if I don't know him and I don't know what his ways are. I don't know how he prompts me. Sometimes it's just a knowing in my heart. Sometimes it's a fire in my belly, literally. But that comes from spending time with him. As I spend time with him, I become aware of his voice and his prompting. And we move from simply being aware of the Holy Spirit to paying attention to him. Because it's one thing to be aware of something else to pay attention to. Think about it. Moses was on the backside of the mountain doing what he was doing. All of a sudden, this bush is on fire, but it's not being consumed. He was made aware of it. It wasn't until he gave his attention to it that he heard the voice of God. So some stuff we're aware of, we know it's around us. We can call out. We can delineate clearly what the problems are in the world. I'm very aware of what's going on because, you know, I got CNN, I got CNBC, I got MSNBC, I got Fox News, I got Facebook, I got Instagram, Twitter, you name it. I got all kinds of media outlets telling me what's wrong with the world. So just because I'm aware doesn't mean that I've given my attention to it. So we'll move from simply being aware of the Holy Spirit to paying attention to him. And then once I give my attention to him, I can properly respond to him. Because remember, part of the definition of tune in means to be responsive to. I can properly respond to him. And then as I grow and I begin to gain a better understanding of him, then it all starts to just kind of flow freely. Then I don't have to work so hard because I know his voice. I know his promptings. I know his ways. I know how he moves with me. I'm not concerned with how he moves in you. And that's how we get hung up sometimes. Because I want to move like Carol. You know, I want to be able to sing like Carol. Carol got a beautiful voice, and she hit those notes, and it just sound like the angels from heaven, and everything. And then you know when you start singing, you don't sound like Carol. So don't get on the microphone. You let Carol be Carol, and you be you. Okay? The same way, if somebody, you know, Elder Ray, when he come up here and he pray for the lost, you just feel like they're getting saved right this minute. Like, like right now, like the Holy Spirit is knocking on the door of their heart right now. And that's the way he pray. But if you don't pray like that, God is not looking for you to try to manufacture what somebody else is doing. He wants to use you in the ex unique expression of the gift that he gave to you. So you don't know that until you get to know him. You get to know him, you get to know how he flows through you. Then you can start moving. You can start grooving. You step in the river and just flow with him. Most of the time, we like a salmon. We sw we're swimming upstream. God is flowing like this. No, I want to go this way, Lord. We got to understand. When I talk about tuning in. Listen to these. Peter could not have preached a sermon that saved 3,000 souls if he had not been tuned in to the Holy Spirit. That's in Acts chapter 2. Peter couldn't have done that. 
Don't you know you have to be tuned in to what God is saying to be in a meeting that size? You know, y'all in a, it's a room, 120 y'all, then all of a sudden, here comes the Holy Spirit. Y'all start speaking in all kinds of tongues, and then people come up and start accusing y'all. You know, we'll be ready to fight. Don't be accusing me. I ain't drunk. I don't know what you're talking about. I ain't drunk. It's too early in the morning to be drunk. No, Peter was like, uh-uh. What you, you don't understand. This is that which was spoken of by the prophet Joel. You got to be tuned in to what the Holy Spirit is doing in order to do stuff like that. Peter and John could not have healed the lame man at the beautiful gate if they had not been tuned into the Holy Spirit. Because how many other people, how many other believers walked past that man that day? That day. But they weren't tuned in. The Holy Spirit wanted to do something for that man. So man was working with God and God was working with man. And thankfully, Peter and John was like, you know what? I don't have no silver and gold. But what I have, I'm going to give that to you. In the name of Jesus, take up your bed and walk. And the man got up and started walking. you got to be tuned in to the Holy Spirit to do stuff like that. How many times have you passed by a person that was on the street begging and you just looked at them or tried to go over to the other side of the street? Then you, then you get all scripture. Well, you know, Jesus did say, come, let us go over to the other side. Uh-uh. No, no, no. Uh-uh. Now you want to be deep. No, how come you can't give them what you have? Maybe it's not even for healing, but whatever God, however he wants to use you, are you in tune to what he wants to do? You're trying to manifest a miracle of healing, and he's not trying to do that right now. He just wants you to give them a word of wisdom, something that will help them deal with the current situation, and you're trying to fix it. Paul could not have discerned the spirit of divination in the slave girl and cast it out if he hadn't been tuned into the Holy Spirit. The girl was following them around. Remember? Y'all remember that story? It's in Acts chapter 16. Y'all can look it up right down homework. Acts chapter 16. Remember Paul was walking and talking. You know, they went to the city. They were going there to preach and everything. The little slave girl, she had this gift. And her owners had perverted the gift. And they were making money off of her and her gift like Miss Cleo, like Miss Rachel down there with the palm down the street, like the Long Island medium, perverted the gift. They're making money off the gift, and all of a sudden, hold on. I recognize that. That's a perverted spirit. That's the spirit of divination. The Holy Spirit just told me that's the spirit of divination. Come out. And immediately she was free. You had to be tuned in to do stuff like that. So how many opportunities have we missed because we've been tuned into another channel, been tuned into another frequency? My third point, be available. Got to believe, we got to be tuned in, and we got to be available. The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. You've heard it said a bunch of times. He's not going to force himself on you. If you don't want to flow with him, he'll move on to the next person. And I can tell you one of the most hurtful things that can happen for you in your spiritual walk is to sit there and see somebody do what God told you to do. You know in everything that you know that God told you to do, that particular thing. And you're like, uh-uh, I'm not going to move, uh-uh. Mm-mm, not me, not me, uh-uh, mm-mm. I ain't trying to be deeply spiritual like that. No, I ain't say nothing about being deeply spiritual. 
these are the manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit that's at work in the life of every believer, and it's for the profit of all. God just wants to give this person a gracious deliverance. He just wants this person to experience his power. He might just want this person to know that he's there. He might just want this person to know that he cares. He might just want this person to know that he loves them and he hasn't forgotten about them. But I'm not available because I don't want to be coined as deeply spiritual or she thinks she all that. What is, who cares? We get hung up on little stuff. Who cares? You think you all that, okay, I got to think I'm all that ministry. Who cares if God is using me? It's not that I think that I'm all that. It's just that I know that he's all that. So he's not going to force himself on you. He's not going to force himself to use the gifts. He'll just move on. And he's looking for a willing vessel. He's going to take the path of least resistance. So we have to be, be open to being used how he wants to use us. I believe that was in the song that y'all sang just then, the Say Yes song. How he wants to use me. I can't dictate to him. If I'm going to flow in the spiritual gifts, I can't dictate to him which gift I'm flowing in. Because he's the one who gives to each. He distributes it as he wills. Remember we read that in Corinthians? That he distributes it and he gives us different uh, manifestations of it. He's the one who decides that. So I got to be open to being used how he wants to use me. I have to be open to being used where he wants to use me. Oh, now this is where we get caught up because I only want to be used when my pastor can see that I'm flowing. <laughs> no, 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 don't, no, no, Holy Spirit. He don't see me. I'm at work today. I can't be flowing in the gifts. Pastor's not here to see me. Well, hold on. Let me go Facebook Live so everyone can see me flowing in the gifts. Can we get off of see me ministry? And can we just do the work of the Father? Can we just do what he called us to do? Can we just walk in our spiritual gifts without all of that? Can we just, come on, come on church. Can we just flow just because that's what God wants to do? So I got to be open to being used how he wants to use me, where he wants to use me, and when he wants to use me. Because sometimes the Holy Spirit moves at uh, what I think is an inopportune time. I'm not fond of being used at 3 a.m. At 3 a.m., I like to be in my good sleep with the good storm. You know, the head thrown back in your mouth open, that good sleep. But if he knocks on the door of my heart, because sometimes, you know, we have all this technology. Sometimes we don't even have to physically reach out to a person. Sometimes you'll just get that prompting, text so-and-so. Text them right now. But God, I'm, I'm doing this. No, 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 no. I need you to stop and, and do what I told you to do. Text them. 3 a.m., it might just be, I want you to, to pray. He might, give you, he might give you some various tongues at 3 a.m. in the morning. Are you available? When he wants to use you. See, we have to be at that point where we can't hold back anything from him. That's why I said I believe that song that they sang right before I got up was where we needed to be because we was all in a grave. Oh, yes, God, I'll say yes. I'll say yes to your will. I'll say yes to what you want to do. I'll say yes. Well, if that's really your heart's cry, 
we can activate the spiritual gifts and we can see him at work in our everyday lives as believers. Can we come up off of our high horse? Can we come down off of all of our spiritual theology, our jacked up theology that says we can only do certain things certain ways? Can we get rid of all of the junk, all of the stuff that's clouded our good sense? Because it's good sense to just do what God tells you to do. Can we get off of all of that and just flow? Just flow. These things are the things that will activate you in the gifts. When I was coming over, I got a, a little um, a, a, a word picture, well, a, kind of a picture. Y'all remember back in the 80s. I know some of y'all younger than that, but you know, back in the 80s. Remember Jerry Curl? Remember Jerry Curl? All right, and so you would go to the salon, and I don't care who, everybody had to go to the salon to get a Jerry Curl, because those at-home Jerry Curls did not work. <laughs> so you go get your curl, and they would do everything. They would follow the process. They would put all the chemicals in your hair. They would do the rollers. You had to sit under the dryer three hours and all of that, and you come out with this big bush. And it didn't look right until you got that what? <laughs> come on, church! You had to get the what? Right, you had to let your soul go. And so today, we got all the ingredients. We done sat under the dryer. We know who the Holy Spirit is. We know what he does. We know why he does it. But what we're missing is the activator. So believe him, be tuned into him, and be available to him, and watch him move and work in your life. Amen. We hope you've enjoyed this message. For more information on other products and materials, please contact us at 770-484-9300, Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m or visit our website at www.newcov.org. If you're in the Atlanta area, we invite you to join us for one of our dynamic services. Once again, thank you for receiving the living word of God from New Covenant Christian Ministries, where we are transforming all people into fully devoted followers of Jesus Christ.